This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's do this. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another Sixers Twitter Spaces coming off a win for the Philadelphia 76ers last night in Charlotte, taking down the Hornets in overtime, 127-124. I'm Matt Murphy. They will meet the Hornets again. The Sixers will on Wednesday night, same time, same place. But as always, I will be joined by Lauren Rosen, who is on the road in Charlotte for the next however long we want to go here on Spaces. We do this after Sixers wins. We take questions from you guys. You can click on our logos at the top, send us a message, reply to the Sixers tweet, tweet to us, whatever you want. Get your thoughts out there and we will talk about the game. We will look ahead, whatever you all want to do. But good morning, Lauren Rosen. Good to be back with you. An exciting game last night highlighted by a big performance another big performance from Joel Embiid a season high 43 points with 15 rebounds and seven assists in an overtime win yeah a pretty unreal performance from Joel Embiid overall we've seen him sort of rounding into form and last night he said he still isn't where he wants to be which I find to be pretty incredible um, considering what he was able to do. Matt, last time we were on here, we talked a little bit about, little bit about his mid-range game and just how lethal that was last season for him. Felt like last night he found his way back into that area of the court really easily and really successfully over and over and over again. It was awesome to watch Joel work last night, closer, of course, than the Sixers wanted it to be. But in a trap game, the team fought, the team stayed in it, and ultimately got what matters, the W. It was a fun one for sure. As Matt said, you can ask questions anywhere. The easiest way for me to keep track of them is if you hit me in the DMs. You guys usually do a pretty good job of that. So this is the part of every space where I say, please send me a DM. Please ask me a question. Please give me a comment. Um, we had one comment that I want to read once I find it. While you guys are sending me your questions and thoughts, um, I will go and find the DM that Matt and I were talking about. While I do that, Matt, what did you think about the victory? It was a game of highs and lows, a game of runs. Credit to the Hornets for battling without five of their players who were in health and safety protocols. It's something that a lot of teams have dealt with. The Sixers have dealt with their fair share of adversity in that form. But sometimes that's when your team steps up a little bit. And I thought the Hornets did that at times. The Sixers did have a huge second quarter where they scored 44 points, which was the most points they've scored in any quarter this year, previously 39 in the first quarter of that Bucks game at home. But it was a back-and-forth game, and the, the Hornets are a team that likes to get up and down. They're a team that likes to shoot from the perimeter. Kelly Oubre knocked down a bunch of threes in the game, but Joel Embiid was certainly the story, 15 of 20 from the field, 12 of 14 at the line. And then Tobias Harris was back. He finished with a double-double, 17-11. and 11. Shake Milton started and had a great shooting night. 16 points, 6 for 8 from the field. Knocked down four threes, a season high, on six attempts in 35 minutes. So those were the top three contributors on the Sixers side of things in terms of points scored. Lauren, you were able to chat with Tobias after the game 
give us the, the spark notes version of that before we can go back and rewatch the interview again. You were able to catch up with him right after the overtime victory. Yeah, and Tobias, man, we got to give him a lot of credit for what he has been able to do in the last, let's say, 24 hours. If we think back to the month that this man has had, out with COVID, then out with the hip issue, then out with a separate illness entirely, which, as he said, really took him down over the last few days. To see him come out, determine, strong, create problems, finish with a 21.11 rebound, double-double, that was nothing to take too lightly. And Tobias talked about how he, as well, is still just getting back into the swing of things. And when you have performances like the ones you did from Tobias and Joel, neither of whom feel that they're at 100%, probably a pretty good sign for what they're going to be able to do down the road. Tobias also talked about what a joy it is to play with Joel. Anytime Tobias talks about Joel, he sort of lights up. And I love seeing that. Talked about how dominant Joel Embiid has been and talked about how much the team really enjoys one another and enjoys winning for one another and seeing each other's success. That's something that Dan Burke, who was filling in for Doc Rivers yesterday in the morning, also said that he saw from this team. So the collaborative spirit, the way that the guys want to fight for one another, I think is a theme that we're going to continue to track all season long. I really shortchanged Tobias. I said 17 points, 11 rebounds. 21 is much different. That's a much better double-double. So apologies to Tobias Harris for shortchanging him four points, but it was a 21-point 11 rebound double-double. And beat a huge double-double with the 43 and 15, also the team high seven assists. I was correct on Shake Milton's 16 points. Speaking of Charlotte, Lauren, this long stay in Charlotte, where they were there over the weekend, they played the first game, they'll play again on Wednesday. What was the arena like? What was the lead up to the game like? And now they transition and get set for another game in the same place. But what was the atmosphere like? I've got to be honest, Matt, there were a lot of Sixers fans in the building, which I personally love to see when we travel from city to city. A lot of Sixers fans that came early. Um, Good to see different guys on the Sixers interacting with those fans that came early. The spirit in the building, honestly, didn't entirely feel like a home game. So I was very happy to see the way that the Sixers fans showed up and showed out last night. Sorry, I had an audio issue there. Um, But yeah, Matt, cool that the team is going to get to do it all again, run it back tomorrow night. Joel said it well after the game. He said, I wish that we were doing this series at home, but considering the fact that we're going to be doing it on the road, um, it was a perfectly pleasant, perfectly lovely experience and has been here in Charlotte. 15 straight wins over the Charlotte Hornets for the Philadelphia 76ers dating back to January 13th, 2017. Shout out to at Sixers stats on Twitter, as always, for that one, referencing the Sixers' long winning streak against the Charlotte Hornets. They will look to keep that going on Wednesday night in Charlotte, 7 o'clock, like I've been saying, the same time, the same place, the same opponent, all of that. Lauren, were you able to find the question or the comment that you were looking for? Again, if you want to join the conversation, click on our icons at the top, send us a message, tweet to us, reply to the Sixers tweet for this Twitter spaces, join the conversation. But Lauren, were you able to find where we want to get started? I did. This one comes from Glow. They say, um, not a question, but tell George I say he's the best. I agree. 
That's all I got. I just wanted to read that comment. <laughs> Can we go off that and give more teasers because we're getting closer to closer and closer to a big announcement and it relates to yeah, George Yeah, I think VA. we can. I think we can drop the first official, uh, what's it called, an Easter egg? Not even an Easter egg. Let's just be honest with the Twitter Spaces crowd because you guys are probably the most loyal um, Sixers fans out there. So George Niang, as you guys probably know, had a podcast when he was in Utah as a member of the Jazz. He is reviving that podcast, restarting a new one, I should say, as a 76er. It's called The Big Niang Theory. Credit to our Rob King on the PR team for coming up with that name, which really, really tickles me. Um, it's called The Big Niang Theory. It's going to be really awesome. We have three episodes already recorded with three of George's teammates on this Sixers squad. So that being said, while you guys are here in the Twitter space, if you wouldn't mind searching The Big Niang Theory wherever you get your podcasts, but maybe preferably Apple or Spotify, because I think that's where most of you get your podcasts. Um, go ahead and search The Big Niang Theory with George Niang on either of those platforms. Hit follow, hit subscribe. The first episode is going to drop tomorrow. It's a very special guest, beloved by all in the Sixers community. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really excited to share it with you. It's all George. He's a really talented podcaster. He's a great host. He knows how to get his teammates going on the court, but he also knows how to sort of get them loosened up and into free-flowing conversations um, when they're sitting down for a podcast. And it's been an absolute pleasure to host that with George. It's been seriously just so much fun, and I'm so excited to share this with you guys. If you have questions about that podcast, maybe, you can DM me those. If you have, if you want to suggest some guests, you could DM me those. Like I said, three Sixers have already recorded. We're recording with another one this afternoon. So there's some really good content in the bank and credit to George for wanting to do it, getting it done, and being talented on and off the court. I'm really, really excited. The Big Niang Theory podcast, part of the 76ers podcast network. Lauren just gave you the rundown. I've been hitting the 100 emoji reaction for the last 30 seconds because it is exciting news. It's going to be a super fun listen, a super fun show to follow. So go ahead and get in on the ground floor of that podcast by following the podcast. It doesn't cost anything. People always say subscribe, 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 which may imply some sort of fee. Follow it. Just Click on the app where you listen to podcasts. Everybody, most people like podcasts these days. Search for The Big Niang Theory with George Niang and Lauren Rosen. Get in from the very start. Follow the show, and you'll have the episodes as they are released going forward. Super exciting. George has actually been in this space, so you've been alongside him at times already in this Twitter spaces this morning. If he comes back in, maybe we can get him to give a comment or two about the show. So we'll work on that. So stick around for a few minutes. Who knows, maybe George Niang will come back. But super exciting news, Lauren. What has been your favorite part so far of recording these episodes? I think I sort of alluded to it, but the way that, that George can sort of disarm his teammates and, and get them relaxed and, and willing to just chat. Um, but the episodes are kind of long, 30 or 45 minutes of players just chatting about life in the NBA, life on the court, off the court the experiences that this team has already had together over the last couple of months. Um, I think everybody that we've recorded with, I've sort of seen a new part of their personality. And I think that that's a goal. We want you guys to be able to see what your favorite Sixers are like off the court and who they are as people. And, and I think that goal has been accomplished in every episode because of how much they all love George. Um, it's been it's been really cool to, to listen to the guys 
opening up. So again, um, we're going to drop a trailer this evening. We're going to drop the first episode tomorrow. I'm really excited for you guys to hear the podcast. Please send me your feedback once you do listen, because it's still a new show. We want to make sure that people are enjoying it. And, and I would appreciate any feedback that anyone in here has. Anyway, we can get back to the original topic now, Matt, I think, um, if we want to talk more about the win last night. I have a question from Jazz. Jazz says a lot of people were happy to see Embiid thrive in the post, while some said they prefer to see him shoot more threes and show his versatility. What are your thoughts on that? It's a really good question, and I don't have a good answer for it. I would say both. That corner three he hit last night obviously shows the versatility. Joel is constantly working on making sure that shots that shouldn't go in do go in. We've seen that on more than a couple and ones in his career. Just totally improbable stuff that ends up falling. And it's because he works on all parts of his game. I've, I've never seen someone work as as hard but as closely on different skills as he develops them as Joel Embiid does. So obviously, I mean, his presence in the post, we saw it last night, um, is, is nearly unstoppable against most opponents. But the fact that he is as versatile as he is only creates more problems for opposing defenses. So I would say it's a little bit of each. Matt, what do you think? Joel only took two threes in the game last night. I want to read part of one of his post-game quotes that relates to this question. Especially the quote, especially the last two games really imposed myself inside. I got to get easy ones, and easy ones doesn't necessarily mean getting drop-off passes from my teammates. It means I got to work harder to get deeper position on that block. He made 15 of his 20 shots. I wanted to repeat that field goal percentage, those field goal totals. He played 41 minutes. I thought he was awesome, and it's a sign of him taking what the defense gives him whatever the opponent has that night the shorthanded Hornets had some young guys out there especially in the front court and they played hard but Joel Embiid is a different type of opponent for them so I I thought it was awesome it he did what the game plan called for and he finished with a season high 43 points but I liked that quote after the game kind of specifying what it means um, to play down low in terms of his opinion but good stuff from Joel Embiid of course again if you have questions about the game last night the 127-124 overtime win over the Hornets who the Sixers will see again on Wednesday night message us tweet to us tweet to the Sixers we'll pick it up and continue our conversation here on Twitter spaces joined by Lauren Rosen from Charlotte Um, and we will move on to another question shortly Lauren but who was most impressive for you I I mean maybe Embiid aside who were you most impressed with on the Sixers side of things last night I think I already alluded it alluded to it but it it had to be Tobias Harris I was watching him really closely because of how much he's gone through health-wise over the last month or so and to see him look like himself for large stretches of the game I found really comforting heartening and exciting um, with what's to come for Tobias but I think everybody had their moments Um, I loved seeing Furkan Korkmaz working a little bit more as a distributor in the absence of Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton steps into the starting lineup, and Furkan Korkmaz runs the show in that second unit, and, and we've talked about it quite a bit, but he knows what he's doing when he is in charge of a unit. He knows how to direct guys around the floor. He knows how to get everybody involved, and it was cool to see him do that. The threes didn't fall for Furk last night, but he still finished with eight points, four rebounds, three assists. 
Good for him. Good to see Isaiah Joe get some quality time out there. He was three for four from deep, finished with nine points. I loved that for him. George Niang, always bringing the energy, made both of his threes, finished with seven points, a rebound and two assists, and a block. So there was contributions everywhere. Um, I got to give love to Tobias, but got to give love to the role players as well. Here is a question from Jaw the Prodigy. (laughs) How, how do you think Joel is going to be when he turns to returns to 100%? He's going to drop 100. Um, I don't know if he's going to drop 100. I would be really, really, really excited, though. Um, I agree. I mean, if this is where he's at and, and he's not at full strength, that is a scary, scary idea for anybody around the league. So looking forward to Joel continuing to ramp up. Tyrese Maxey fan page says, tell Maxey I love him. We love him, too. These are some wholesome, wholesome comments today. I appreciate that. Um, GB51 asked, why was Tyrese Maxey out last night? Non-COVID illness. Um, so sending love and good vibes to Tyrese as he recovers. Matt Murphy, you got anything else on your end? Well, to the point about Joel not even feeling close to 100%, he scored 43 points. I think that's worth repeating. Uh, he said afterwards on the broadcast on NBC Sports Philadelphia too. Kate Scott and Allah, he said, I'm not even close. I'm still feeling it. I get tired easily. I feel pretty weak, but every single day is slowly getting better. I've just got to keep pushing myself. The player that I was most impressed with, feel free to let us know who you were most impressed with outside of Embiid. Shake Milton shooting four threes on six attempts in the starting lineup. Tyrese Maxey didn't play with a non-COVID illness, as we've discussed. 16 points for Shake Milton, so that's where I'm going with that. But that is scary for Embiid to have such a monster night, his best game of the season, and he's still ramping back up. The Hornets threw everything at him. They they were shorthanded. They were without five players, and they had a bunch of young guys that really were playing like they had nothing to lose out there. But Embiid, when it mattered most, really put his head down and, and willed this team to victory. A win's a win in the NBA season. They, they go to overtime. The Hornets were coming off a game the night before when they beat Atlanta and they were without five players that night as well. So we'll see what, what Wednesday looks like. I'm excited to see what the lineups look like. I'm excited to see any adjustments that these coaches make against one another because it is interesting when you get a situation like this. You see it in the G League a lot where these teams play these sets against each other. We saw it last year during the shortened season, the 72-game season. But it's interesting. to It's like a playoff series where you see the adjustments they make. So we'll see what they do against Embiid on Wednesday night. That should be fun as well. No doubt about it. Isaiah Joe needs more minutes, says GB51. Absolute sniper with range. He's working. He's staying ready. And those minutes do come on nights like last night when the team ends up a little bit shorthanded in the backcourt. Winona Price says, yes, Maxi, sending love to Tyrese as he recovers. Um, yes, Maxi, you're the team, baby. Joel is committed. That makes a difference. Shake is leaving his footprint. I agree. Winona always hitting us with the good takes. Chris Trombletta says, I was sitting in the row right in front of you last night. I was about to say something, but you were busy on your laptop. Haha. Ha. Um, I was busy on my laptop, but please always say hello. I would love to meet more Sixers fans as we continue to travel around the country. Thanks for the note, Chris. Matt, what else you got? The Isaiah Joe haircut, too. Doing it with some style points. Three for four from three. Getting to see double-digit minutes for Isaiah since he's gotten the haircut. I know he's had it for a little bit of time now, but uh, looking good out there. And yeah, I think he, he was. There was a, a bunch of different sparks 
at different times. For the team to shoot it so well from three, 42% without a make from Seth Curry is encouraging for Wednesday's game as well. Can we get a tuna melt review, Lauren, from Charlotte? Oh, I have bad news. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm going to get it today. So I will keep you guys. I will keep you guys abreast as as this story continues to develop. We talked about adjustments for Wednesday's matchup. I think they're going to come on the defensive end. Matt, Doc Rivers discussed it. All the players that came through media last night discussed it. They weren't happy with their defensive effort last night. Offensively, things looked reasonably good, but Doc Rivers kept mentioning um, that the Hornets were able to get up 20 more shots than the Sixers did, and that points to trouble on the boards and trouble with defense. So for a team that has shown a lot of good things defensively this season thus far, look for an uptick in defensive intensity tomorrow night because they can and and they weren't happy with the effort on the defensive end in game one kind of exciting to get a little two game set a little adjustment opportunity time to stay in a city not travel right after a game get a little extra rest I am looking forward to tomorrow's matchup for sure a couple of thoughts there one is that they played Atlanta and Nate McMillan the Hawks coach said post game the night before the Sixers Hornets game that even when shorthanded that the Hornets are perhaps the best catch-and-shoot team in the league. So they can put up points. If they get any of their players back, they can really run, too. And they're young, the youngest team in the league. Uh, So the shooting and the perimeter defense, containing their shooting and the defense on the perimeter is going to be something to watch in Wednesday's game for sure. And to the point about being there for so long and playing in that building again, the Rocky music down the stretch was an interesting choice when the Sixers were trying to hold off the Hornets and they get the stop but for that to come on I, I don't know if the Sixers players were looking around but I think everybody at home was kind of like this feels like a home game almost for the 76ers that was interesting it was interesting especially with the amount of Sixers fans in the building I said it before it was really great to see everybody show up and rep if you are in the Charlotte area continue to do so because it was awesome to see so many traveling or local Sixers fans real quick about being in the building and all that and what you've seen and people, Sixers fans who are sitting around you and what you can see. One of my favorite things is when a player, and this ties into the big news of the day about George Niang's podcast coming to the 76ers podcast network with you and him and guests from the team. When you hit a three, when someone hits a three in front of the opposing team's bench, especially on the road, George hit one last night in the, uh, in the third quarter and he's someone who's not shy to have a word with the opponent. And Embiid had one. Not in, even a little bit shy. Embiid had one in front of the Hornets bench as well. That is one of my favorite things to observe about basketball games in general, but NBA games. When you, you hit one and you immediately turn, if you're Stephen Curry or someone of that nature, sometimes even before the shot goes in and you know it's going in, you turn and give them a look. But Niang had one that stuck in my brain from last night. It was awesome to watch. He is so much fun to watch when he hits a big shot for these Sixers. Danny Green, also not shy to to (laughs) give opposing benches some words. And it's interesting that you say that because that actually is something that we cover on one of the episodes that's coming out soon of the Big Niang Theory. Um, In-game interactions between teams and opponents. Um, Really, really looking forward to sharing that podcast with you. If you're just joining now, Matt just mentioned it. The Big Niang Theory, George Niang's new podcast. Um, I host it alongside George. We've had three excellent guests, three guests that I know everybody knows and loves from this Sixers team. We're recording 
recording with a fourth one that I know you guys love this afternoon. So I'm really, really looking forward to sharing this podcast with everybody, especially those of you that join us for Twitter spaces. So if you haven't done it yet, please go follow The Big Niang Theory wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, if you have any trouble finding it, you can always put The Big Niang Theory with George Niang and Lauren Rosen. Then you will definitely find it. That's enough words for any artificial intelligence to pick up on what you're looking for. Um, and again, we're going to drop a trailer this afternoon in the first episode tomorrow. I'm so, so, so excited to share it with everybody here. Go follow the Big Niang Theory with George Niang and Lauren Rosen. It's going to be great. I can't wait to listen to each of the episodes as they drop in the near future. So unless we have any other final thoughts, that's what I think we should leave the people with. We want everybody who's in these Twitter spaces to get in from the very start of that podcast as well. It's just going to be another space, another community within the Sixers community to be a part of. You don't want to miss out. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, if any, if no one else has any final thoughts at the buzzer of this one, my DMs are still open. If you have questions, comments, concerns, if not, we're going to hope to be back with you guys on Thursday morning. As always, we love doing Twitter spaces with you guys. This is one of my favorite things to do because A, it means that the Sixers won the night before, and B, it means we get to talk a little bit more nitty-gritty about this Sixers team that we've enjoyed. Matt. That's it. Maybe we'll be back here talking about Sixers Hornets again after Wednesday's game. We do these after wins on at Sixers. We jump in Twitter spaces last night. An overtime win for the 76ers over the Charlotte Hornets. They are now 13 and 11 on the season. The Hornets are 14 and 12 and they'll play Wednesday at 7 o'clock in Charlotte.